a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, a special welcome along to 2020 today to Peter Downey, who is the National Director of Family Voice Australia. Hello, Peter. A special welcome along. Thank you very much, Neil. It's wonderful to be here. And hello to all your listeners. Peter, you have served with Family Voice for decades and you've been a little bit in the in the back room, uh, you know, calling the shots, uh, pulling the strings. Uh, but how, how long is it now that you've been involved with Family Voice? Um, 2004, uh, I originally joined. And uh, interestingly enough, it was Andrew McColl uh, who asked me to, to join. Uh, he was the Queensland chairman uh, at the time. And uh, he asked me if I'd become the Queensland treasurer, uh, which I did. And uh, then Andrew subsequently left us and did other things. And now he's back with Family Voice as the Queensland State Director. So there you go, how things go around and around. <laughs> yes. And you came to Family Voice and uh, because you had a background as a senior finance analyst with BHP Steel, uh, they thought, well, we better have you in the Treasury role. You have been you were the Treasurer for something like 16 years, wasn't it? Uh, well, I'm still the National Treasurer. So, yeah, as well as the <laughs> National Director, I've still got that job as well. Um, Neil, so another interesting thing is, so I uh, became the Queensland Treasurer and then I went down for the AGM. We send a a delegate from each state down for that. And when I got down there, the fellow who was the previous uh, National Treasurer, who had been for 20 years, as soon as he heard that I was uh, available on a CPA accountant, he said, well, you can take over this job as well, sir. Uh, well, as soon as you let everyone know that you're uh, a bit of a finance whiz, uh, an accounting background, a finance analyst, uh, everyone needs a treasurer and someone needs trust—you know trustworthy people with their uh, hands on the purse strings. Hey, and you've got yeah. this legal background too. Uh, you were running a law firm, DL Legal. Yeah, well, I actually started that up and I, I owned that uh, law firm. So pr- prior to that, we had another law firm called Downey Law. And uh, my son had that firm. He was the sole governing director of that. Um, Then he got poached to go to the University of Queensland to become the director of law at the University of Queensland. So uh, that left me to start up a new law firm and try and bring over the clients. And uh, I specifically wanted it to be a Christian law firm. And so I hunted around and got a Christian principal. And uh, it was a bit harder than I thought, Neil. I... I sunk $100,000 into it, I'll never see again. But anyway, uh, we, we, we pressed on and we kicked a couple of goals for, for the Lord. And what do they say? Lay up treasure in heaven, not here on earth. Uh, well, that's interesting when you say, you know, you invest a lot into uh, the pursuit of a law firm and uh, you kick a couple of goals. And uh, I'm aware that uh, you were involved in the really, really significant legal battles of the likes of Graham Preston and his battle against those, uh, you know, the bubble zones, the exclusion zones around abortion clinics. That one even went all the way to the High Court. You were there. That's right, yeah, Neil. But, uh, not too many solicitors get to go to the High Court, let alone a, a full three-day trial. And, uh, yeah, so DL Legal was involved with that. Um, we had barristers. The Cathy Club was also uh, uh, there, and there was another law firm uh, 
dealing with her and Guy Reynolds was the uh, barrister uh, running the matter. And it's very interesting, Neil, that uh, we lost that uh, 7-0. Couldn't even get one judge to side with us. And there was a previous case on similar facts to ours that Bob Brown ran. ran. You know Bob Brown, the leader yep. of the Tasmanian Greens. Yep. Uh, and it was to do with exclusion around zones around uh, forests and trees. And he won his case. So it's okay to um, you know, not have exclusion around, around that, but not when you're trying to protect life. So it's a, a very odd situation. What do we put this down to, do you think, Peter? Because, you know, a lot of people will appreciate that things are deepening so far as our secularised type of society that we live in. And that even has effects on the legal system. And certainly when you say, well, you can compare these two cases, they're fairly similar, but uh, one that was defending uh, the right to be able to defend human life uh, came out second best (laughs) to the one that was actually defending trees. What are your thoughts around how things are changing? Well, I think that tells you almost all you need to know, in a sense, that um, there's a new religion on the scene. Um, And what do they say? That culture is religion externalised. And that's the law will reflect the culture. So uh, the culture that we've got is a secular humanist culture, sadly, that has uh, replaced our Christian culture, uh, where we had Christian laws, Christian culture, and... uh, and we had a successful society, and now we've got a humanist society, and we're having humanist laws, and it's not working out very well now. It's almost as though the perception of what is good and what is evil has made its way into our law courts, and uh, when even the lawyers and the judiciary can't decide on what's evil and what's good, uh, there's challenging times ahead, aren't there? There is now. I mean, we do have a great Christian heritage in our laws. Um, As you know, in 1828, the entire law of England uh, came into Australia, holus bolus. Um, So on that very day, the laws of Australia were exactly the same as as the laws of England. And Judge Blackstone said about that law, he said the law of England was the Bible. So we had a great heritage, and uh, but we've been squandering that heritage, certainly of late. Um, instead of building on that heritage for future generations, we've been squandering it and we need to do something about that. Squandering a heritage that's based on the Bible, and uh, I know there's a lot of perception that people have that somehow or other, oh, based on the Bible, that's a whole lot of outdated rules. Actually, those sorts of rulings that you might look back to the Ten Commandments were for the common good of a whole society. It's like the aspiration of a people to live in a society where you know people didn't steal from you and uh, no one was there to steal away your spouse uh, where uh, people honored their mother and father and uh, where they didn't uh, just you know desire and take things that were not their own all those sorts of things just reflecting some of those issues in the ten commandments even the thought uh, peter and i'll get your thoughts here even the thought that you should tell the truth and uh, you know uh, thou shalt not uh, you know uh, bring false witness in other words lies and that really comes down to our legal system doesn't it because what you want in a legal system is a system that actually brings the truth to the fore and uh, and and people in fact when they 
when they, in fact, give, uh, you know, when they do a, uh, you know, what are they, when you put your hand on the Bible and say, uh, I promise yeah. to tell the whole, the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. These things are Christian foundations for our law, aren't they? That's absolutely right. I actually had to swear an oath the other day. I was uh, doing probate. My mother passed away, and so I'm doing her probate, and I had to swear an oath on the Bible. Uh, so you're right, it's very much part of it. And what you said about truth is exactly right. If you if you can't have truth, well, you can't have proper law and, and contracts and uh, our system and, and our economy uh, also relies on truth in contracts. I mean, that's why a lot of cultures don't progress and they stay very poor because people don't tell the truth. Yeah, but we expect people to tell the truth and we have contracts and if you don't tell the truth, well, then we've got enforceable rights. Yeah, but once, uh, once you lose that... Yeah, it's, it's all going downhill very quickly. Well, if we had a culture in Australia where people were expected to tell the truth, and as you say, when it comes to those laws of contract, that becomes all the more important because you have business dealings and sometimes millions at stake, people's livelihoods. And if you move away from the necessity for truth, you haven't got truthfulness in contracts. All you have is a degeneration into a corrupt system. Is that where we're heading, do you think? Well, well Neil... If the Lord doesn't intervene, uh, then the answer is yes. Uh, but I've personally got great hope in the gospel. Um, when you look at the progress of the gospel for the last 2,000 years, it, it's not linear. You know, it goes forwards and it goes backwards and you know, it's three steps forwards, two steps back. And you know, I, you'd have to argue that we're in a bit of a two steps backwards situation. But I've got great hope uh, for the gospel of Jesus Christ that it will be successful. And this is all part of it. That we need to reclaim these things and uh, have a have a Christian society. Uh, well, yeah, first of all, have salvation from Jesus, and then that, that outworks in your personal life and your family life and your society and your nation. And family voice is right there in the middle of the battle. And, uh, you know, without going into a long history, it's 40-plus uh, years of Family Voice Australia has been there as an advocate for truth and righteousness and especially around defending families. And uh, that battle continues on today, and it's uh, it's it's getting hotter each each year we go. It certainly is, Neil. We're actually going to have our fiftieth uh, anniversary next year, so there'll be celebrations around the country. So we'll be putting on a, a dinner in Queensland and each other state, culminating in South Australia, where it, that's where our head office is. Um, we're going to kick the year off with David Phillips. He was our founder. Um, he's going to be doing a, a webinar, Lord willing. Um, start the year off um, so that, that'll be good but yes it's certainly heating up so far this year Family Voice has run 42 campaigns now we don't go and do every campaign like everything that goes wrong we don't sort of rush out and do a campaign it's got to be something significant uh, before we'll do a campaign on it otherwise as my colleague at head office tells me it's like trying to push a boulder up a hill but if you've got something significant and that the public's uh, got an interest in, well, you know, well, then you can run a campaign on it. And so far this year, we've run 42 of those, not all national. Some have been states and some have been national. But as you said, it's certainly hotting up. It's not, not cooling down at all. And there's going to be a major focus, no doubt, on the Victorian state election because Family Voice uh, for those 40-plus now, as you say, going on 50 years, 
has always produced all sorts of guidance material for people who are facing elections because Christians, uh, we need some guidance here because we don't always understand what all the issues are and we don't always understand all the ethics, but we rely on organisations like Family Voice to help point to those challenges uh, that are going on behind the scenes with policy and how we actually might cast a vote effectively as a Christian believer. So Victoria is coming up and there's no doubt some plans for campaigns around the Victorian state election. Yeah, that's uh, very true, Neil. Um, so Peter Stevens is our state director down there. He's very uh, active in that space. He's actually formed a group called CAN, C-A-N, Christian Activist Network. So we're, we're not just sort of all working in our silos, but we're all working together. Uh, so we've never really done anything like that before. So this will be the first time that we've actually uh, worked in collaboration like that. So it'll be very interesting to see how it goes. But yes, we'll be producing our uh, Vote Wisely material and getting that out uh, into people's hands uh, about how to vote and what, what the issues are and how people should be voting. We don't tell people who to vote for. That's not Family Voices business, but we will tell them about policies and uh, where, that, where people stand on, on the policies that will be affecting family, faith and freedom. So far as people who support Family Voice Australia, good to be able to ask you these sorts of things, Peter. Uh, do you regularly have some recruitment drives? No doubt you work with a lot of volunteers. Uh, you've got some people in your state uh, offices, uh, you know, connections of people who feel a certain burden for getting involved in even the political process when it comes to uh, the sorts of things you do in the lead up to a state election. Those sorts of programs, how do you, how do you go with the recruitment? Is that something that's high on your agenda? Uh, Neil, it probably should be higher. Um, but we do have a system with Family Voice of uh, branch committees. So that we have those in each state. Uh, the Queensland branch committee just met last uh, Saturday night. And uh, we're, we're always on the lookout for people to join that committee. And then in addition to that, we have an advisory board. And uh, from that advisory board, then people then go onto the governing board of Family Voice. So that's sort of the structure, and that's how people come in. Uh, we often uh, will ask for volunteers. Traditionally, most of our uh, volunteers have been at head office uh, coming in, and we, we used to get the volunteers come in and do all the mailing for us. They'd fold up all the material and put it into envelopes. Uh, COVID put a stop to all that. And so we have to do that through Australia Post. But uh, we're certainly hoping that once things settle down with COVID, we can go back to that uh, sort of model again, because I think it's very important volunteering and having people, you know, uh, having a part of the ministry like that. Interesting, isn't it, that some people will have no worries at all. I'm going to join a political party. I'll become active in what might lead to policy formation and how those things happen on an election day. Others are reluctant to join a political party, but they might be very happy to join an activist organisation like Family Voice. Do you find that people who are putting their hand up and uh, joining Family Voice, uh, that's something of their motivation, not necessarily wanting to join a party, but they want to be involved in political lobbying? Yeah, that's right. So you're right, there's some people that are happy to go you know, jump in boots and all, and uh, join the political party, but then there's other people that for conscious reasons you know, think that perhaps Christians shouldn't be that involved. I'm not one of those, but you've got to allow people's conscience 
to guide them. Uh, people read the Bible and they come to their own conclusions. And uh, in my mind, if, once you think God's telling you something, well, you better do it. And uh, certainly in my area out this way, Neil, uh, we've got some wonderful candidates. Uh, you would know yourself, Mark Robinson. Uh, he's, my, he's my local state member. And so you'd have no trouble joining that particular branch to support that uh, wonderful Christian man. Yes, well, you're based in southeast Queensland. And uh, yes, there are a lot of Christians either in office or who will be aspiring candidates uh, for upcoming elections. And of course, the work for those things doesn't happen when an election's called. The work actually happens during the three or four years in the lead up to, you know, maybe losing one election and into the next. So really, you're looking for people who are long term committed. That's very true. And uh, if, if you can join a political party with people like that, uh, that's a great support to them because then that means they can't be voted out of pre-selection. As we saw in the last election, uh, we lost Amanda Stoker. They put her down to third spot. We lost Erica Betts. They put him down to third spot and, and didn't get in. We lost Kevin Andrews. He didn't even get pre-selected for his seat, which is amazing. As far as I'm concerned, one of the best parliamentarians we had. Um, it's not all bad news, though, uh, Neil. We've got a fellow out here in the seat of Bowman, uh, Henry Pike. And I went to see him before the election, and I put uh, uh, 10 things to him. And usually when you go to see a politician, you can lucky if you can get him to agree with you know one or two. But anyway, he agreed with the whole 10. And not only did he agree with them, he started to tell me that he'd already done some work on, on some of them. And... Uh, how how we go about working on the others. <laughs> yeah. So those sorts of aspirations for the good of an entire nation, the good of a society, those are the sorts of things you work on when you're lobbying various people who are either already holding a political office or they have aspiration to do so. But uh, Peter Downey, wonderful getting your insights today. Really appreciate chatting with you. Peter is National Director of Family Voice Australia and uh, to connect with Family Voice, as I do each week, give the address familyvoice.org.au and undoubtedly uh, an opportunity there to connect with state leaders all around Australia uh, to be a part of your Family Voice Australia representation and uh, part of the whole lobbying process that Family Voice is involved in uh, wherever you might be living in Australia. Peter Downey, thanks so much for joining us today on 2020. That's been wonderful, Neil. Thank you for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.